Yeah, your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yo. Your mental matters ain't a simple pattern. We need to have a central chatter. Food for thought, grab a platter. My mental ain't for rental. I'm a central man, it's simple. I'm a ripple in the rip though. I don't wanna sick my ship, so gotta know your mental. Black life is hard, I don't resent though. Feelings really real, we should present those. Talk about it, you should know your mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yeah. <laughs> what up, doe? What up, doe? What's happening, everybody? It's your favorite co-host, Rich, here with Jarrell again for episode six zero. See, I told you I'm terrible with numbers. It's terrible. Um, episode sixty of the Mental Matters podcast. Um, we have come a long way from episode one, but we gonna keep pushing towards hundred and see how this goes. Um, first and foremost, bro, how you been, man? I've been doing good. Um, good and tough at times. Um, so since we last, you know, did the episode, my birthday passed, so I officially turned 29, 2.0, <laughs> 30 for everyone out there who's really counting. Um, I had a fun birthday. I got some pretty good gifts. Um, Richard got me a bunch of, um, barbecue sauces and mumbo sauces from the state of Washington. So I'm excited to use those this summer. Um, and also, he got me a Golden State Warriors coffee mug, and I've used that the last two days because he knows that the Warriors are my favorite team since like 2011. I was with the Warriors before the bandwagon started. Just wanted to put that out there. And uh, I mean, the, the tough part from like the last time since the record was that my grandmother passed. Um, so just being with family, um, that's made it better. Um, it's like lessening like the, the load of like losing her. Um, but you know, she was 91. She lived a long, healthy life. I learned a lot from her. Um, she used to call me Teddy. I was like her teddy bear. Like, she just always used to have candy for me, oatmeal cream pies. That's why I'm so big. I always blame my size on her. She used to, like, let me eat liver and onions when I was, like, six years old. So First off, there ain't nothing the wrong <laughs> with the oatmeal cream pies and the liver and onions. But this is how I know I'm old. Well, I'm yeah. not old. My dad is old because my dad used to do the mm -hmm. exact same thing. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was her teddy bear. She always called me Teddy. So um definitely always remember her honor her. So that was that was a tough part of the last couple of weeks. But um I mean I spent time with my cousin, he turned 35. It's Kevin Durant here is here. So yeah, Kevin like the Durant. whole like we doing that campaign evening. Yeah, he had a whole like champagne evening like last Saturday. So I spent some time with him, um, music and laughing. And, uh, you know, we reminisced about our grandmother too. So, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's been an up and down the last two weeks, but we're going to make it. Fair. So, does that mean this is so your last career? I'm 29 2.0. We're going to stay with that. Once we got out of the pandemic, then I'll then I'll then I'll start celebrating my stuff. Steph oh, Curry, Steph Curry year. Okay. Well, <laughs> so much for trying to give you too much Golden State at one time. You just ruined it. But it's cool. Yeah. Um, I am. I do extend my condolences to your family. I know it's been a. This last couple of weeks has been absolutely insane for both of us. But 
it doesn't really compare what you went through, but um, it's good to see that you have, you know, kept your face clean, all those things. Even if you didn't, I wouldn't care because one, we own Zoom. <laughs> but the other part is, I mean, if something actually happened, even though it's kind of sucky to say, you don't look like anything happened to you. And I think that's I just a beautiful that. black black don't crack thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think between us two, you're probably like the true definition of black boy joy anyway. So like, really? yeah, I'd be having to force you to be mad. Like I'd be trying to beat you up, but it'll never work because I wouldn't <laughs> dare try to punch you because I don't think that worked out well. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just uh, the, the thing about the sauce though, let's, let's get into this because Prior <laughs> to mm-hmm. us knowing each other, like on the extreme brotherhood tip, um, we took me and Elena took a trip to Washington D.C. and we went to this restaurant called uh, it was Capital City crab cakes. They were famously known, obviously, for their crab cakes. And um, we went to D.C. as a trip over to Baltimore, and we literally <laughs> this is how you know it was a trip because. It was one of them sketchy cab rides, like Uberless, okay. and it was like, "You sure you want to go there? Because we don't necessarily like." like <laughs> you mean you're not gonna come back and get me? Like I'm so confused. <laughs> so you can only schedule it one way there. You had to schedule a separate one on the way back, and the signal was terrible. But they had amazing crab cakes. They had this lobster mac and cheese, and they had these wings, and had amazing sauce. And I was just like, oh, that's a good idea. I get to recreate my trip to Baltimore. Let's just get it because he likes to cook. Let's just go with that, right? So the primary reason is because we know you are like <laughs> a true version of Chef Curry. Like you always cooking something new. And I'm just like, how do you even think to make this? So <laughs> Chef Curry, birthday gift. There you go. That's how that came about. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. And I still think you had day old coffee, but moving on. Um, <laughs> with that, <laughs> um, for me, everything's been copacetic. I think I reached the point of burnout at work because mm-hmm. I have not been on a vacation since December of 2019. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. It's ghetto. And it's because this Panda Express is going on outside. You know, we are just stuck in the house, in the world, just mm-hmm. in this crazy ass pandemic and I hate it, but I'm trying to do the responsible thing and not try to get my extra cheap flight because, you know, it's a Panasonic outside and everybody's like, oh my God, I'm gonna spend all this money because it's cheap now. And it's like, you could die. Okay, never mind. Right. Um, so I'm doing my part. I started my vaccine for COVID-19 a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a couple more weeks, I get those second shots, get it done, do it for my family, my friends, the people I love the most. And, um, you know, we're just going to fast forward and we're going to claim that in October is a little bit safer to go traveling because I want to go to Barbados, damn it. So mm-hmm. that is my goal, you know, or my intention. We don't have goals anymore. We do New Year's intentions. Boom. So, with that, <laughs> by now you may have heard that an extra voice on the on the Zoom streets 
we have a very special guest uh, with us this evening because it is evening. Yeah, it's evening. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things I really hate is a really unsincere bad apology. You know, one of those half ass like I said, I was sorry. Yeah. You know, families are known by like, yeah, go to your box, whatever, right? Or like, you know, just that apology so you can make good with somebody, but you don't sincerely mean it. So we wanted to really know like, what is the true art of apologizing like in real life? And we said, we need, we need somebody that's gonna be able to, when it comes to relationships, whether that be romantic relationships, uh, whether that be family, friends, career-wise, whatever it may be, primarily focus on family and I can only try to figure it out in terms of marriage because, you know, I am not Mr. Perfect and I'm pretty sure I've pissed off Elena a couple of different times since you've been <laughs> stuck in the house. Um, but we have my main man, Nate, here. Um, and I wanted to give you your opportunity to shine the spotlight and tell the people where you're from and what do you do. Thank you. So my name's Nate Carella, uh, born in Puerto Rico. Yo! <laughs> yes. Where we going? I'm ready. <laughs> Time to go back, you know. Uh, <laughs> and my Dominican mom, Jarrell, would also give us um, liver and onions growing up. <laughs> Except that I would put, we would put ketchup on them. It's <laughs> universal. To enjoy it better, yes. Oh, okay. Ketchup? ketchup. I, didn't go, I didn't do that. Ketchup fixes so many bad meals. <laughs> Those, I'm not going to judge you, brother, because everybody is a different person. And I am just not a person that puts ketchup on everything. We use use gravy. (laughs) There you go. So I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I've had the opportunity to to counsel people since 2014. And uh, when I got the invitation from you guys to be here today, I gladly said yes. I was like, I need to... Um, help my community and 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 just share some of the things my count my um clients get to hear in our sessions oh man i wonder if some of your clients listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great i'll make sure i don't use their names keep it confidential there you go we don't want to break no hipaa laws out here. that's right <laughs> <laughs> that part well i'm glad you could join us man i appreciate you and uh basically coming all the way from Puerto Rico here. Um, so are you in like in the Metro Detroit area or? That's right, I'm in Down River. Okay. Uh, I, I won't say where in case my clients, you know, start looking for me. <laughs> <laughs> but de- definitely I've been, uh, uh, my wife and I moved from Florida um, 2019, December, just before the pandemic hit. That's funny. <laughs> yes. Okay, so not to get in your business, but get approximately, in my business. I, I am, it's too late. <laughs> approximately, like, was it like early December, mid? Mid. Like, okay. Mid-December, like no turning back. Oh, there's a pandemic coming. Oh, well, you <laughs> you can't go home again. The funny thing is that the last vacation I went on was about the first week of December of 2019. Cool. So I brought Nate. All the way from Florida, you guys. You sure did. Join us here 
X amount of months later because I can't count. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, 12, 15 months later. Yeah, there you go. Something like that. Something like that. Can't count, yeah. whatever. Cool. So, yeah, I'm getting, I'm here to talk about the art of apology and taking questions from you, examples. We'll just have a great conversation today. Oh, I got the questions. I'm going to try to get it all in your business. <laughs> good, good, um, good. But first and foremost, it is only right for you to properly join the Mental Matters community. We would like to know, the people would like to know, why does your mental matter to you? Good stuff. Uh, I think we are spiritual, um, emotional, and physical people. We're all three. And you and they're all tied in together. You can't just mm-hmm. act like there isn't a, a spiritual world out there. There's too much, too much craziness happening for that to just be <laughs> coincidences. And uh, and obviously the emotional piece, you know, we 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 laugh, we cry, we're afraid, um, we dream, we hope, uh, we get resent resentment. Um, and our physical lives, we get sick, we're happy, you know, we grow muscles, you know, <laughs> grow in height, add a belly, especially when you get into a nice relationship, <laughs> committed relationship. Um, right. <laughs> uh, and so uh, mental matters because um, it's who we are. It's really who we are. Uh, it's our feelings. It's our thoughts all, all linked up into one. It's who we want to be, who we're striving to be compared to who we are, who we've been, <laughs> you know, the stuff we're trying to hide trying to act like never happened and nobody should ask about it. I got a, uh, I got a PR answer for that. The self we all want to be and project ourselves to be. And then where we are now, um, if we don't take care of our mental health, there's a lot more mess coming for our world uh, from experience and from what we're seeing around us. So. Yeah, but on the bright side, mental matters because that's where peace happens, joy, happiness, um, where we link arms with people who don't look like us, who don't think like us, where we learn tolerance, words like tolerance and patience that our world needs uh, to to learn, uh, myself included, and um, that's the it's the best way to move forward, really, doing life with people and taking care of our mental health. No, you said some things that want to just remind me of, you know, just some of the discussion points we had last episode with uh, Bishop Harris. And he mentioned that a lot of times when we as especially black men, we, uh, you know, attribute, you know, being strong with just like the bronze and the physical. But like you mentioned, really all of that stuff, your joy, your peace of mind, things of that nature. I can honestly say since this whole um, this whole Panera Bread started in you know, March of last year. Um, that it really started when I started realizing where my happiness comes from. Mm. And I think I saw a glimpse of that in like, you know, 2017, 2018, when I lost my other job and got my new job and I'm currently working now. But in this pandemic, you know, from gardening to just natural sunlight, <laughs> You know, just to not really worrying about what that summer body gonna look like because we all about to be in the house anyway. <laughs> it was really about my mental peace of mind. And it was just like, yeah, you know what? 
physical, cool. Spiritual, necessary. Mm-hmm. But your mental, paramount. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. So, all right, all right. I guess we can have this discussion. Then. Cool. Good, good, good. Because <laughs> um, I was just gonna be like, "Oh, that was terrible." We're just gonna end this episode right now. So <laughs> you did good. Um, so before we get into the art of apology, things of that nature, um, I think it's good to kind of set the table before we shake the table and just kind of talk about what is an apology. So um, I have the definition of it here, but in your own words, <laughs> yeah. and Jarell, I'm going to pick on you too, because I was told that I need to pick on Jarell because why not, right? Um, what is an apology? Jarell, we'll start with you. Um, at least from my experience with, uh, with being married for like the last, Three years. I come to think of it differently than I did. Sleep. I just thought wrong, and I went to that person and I acknowledged that wrong that I did, and then everything should have went back to the way it always was, right? <laughs> but um, that was me, like 19, 20, 21 years old. Mm-hmm. But me now, being when I was 27, 28. Um, the apology is, I feel that it's still that acknowledgement of what I did wrong um, and, and, and asking, you know, for like an amends to that, but at that same time, understanding that that person doesn't necessarily have to accept my apology or um, that amends can be made, but at the same time going forward, um, that relationship still has work that needs to be, be done to it, or there's some restoration that needs to be there. That's kind of like how I look at it now. Um, okay. Very good. So should I be petty and call you Dr. Nate in real life? Or just <laughs> no. go to Nate? Yeah, <laughs> just Nate. Okay, cool. Nate, what about you? When you think of yeah. apologize or an apology, what does that, what is an apology? Let's, let's start yeah. with that. That's, that's, it's a loaded question though, because uh, it's, acknowledging uh, a wrong I've done and allow and say, speaking it in a way that the person I wronged um, hears it, accepts it. Um, and so in a way it's whenever they're ready to. Just, I said what I needed to say, it's I acknowledge it, I am sorry, uh, do you accept that? But, and then you sit there and be like, please, 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 yes. please. I just want to eat this dinner with you, please. Yeah. So one of the common things that I, <laughs> I've heard amongst your answers is admitting responsibility. Um, and I think that's one of the key components. Um, so they say, ultimately the definition of it according to the website I'm looking at, it says a statement of remorse that you can make when you've done something wrong. It can be difficult to apologize, but saying sorry can do a lot to preserve and mend relationships. And there's four steps to an apology. Mm. Express remorse, admit responsibility, make amends and promise that it won't happen again. But one of the key things I think we always struggle with to begin with, and I think that's, I think the fact that you guys said it off rip and that it's like second on the list, uh, 
and I think a lot of, especially black men, we get it wrong at times. I know I've historically got it wrong. Is admitting responsibility. We don't own it. We don't own what we, we don't see what we did wrong because we don't think we did anything wrong. And it personally pisses me off because I used to do this and I saw a picture when I was in high school and I think that's probably like when all the toxicity started. Um, but it's ultimately expressing regret for something that you've done wrong. And I saw this really funny graph. I'm gonna kind of explain it. So you know, like when you Google search stuff, you get all these random stupid facts that really don't matter to what you're looking at. Right. It's like all the recently asked questions, some a song, you know, <laughs> too many songs. Cue the cue the Anita Baker. Um, but one of them is the use over time for apologize. And I read it as an engineer. I tend to do this, mm-hmm. so walk with me, y'all. I'm a nerd. I'm sorry. One of the, it has the mentions of the word apology or apologize from the 1800s to 2000, about 2021. And so it's like a bell curve, like the beginning of a bell curve. It starts out really, really low. Then it dips down some more like the night in the 1850s, 1900s. Then it kind of goes up and it stops and goes down a little bit. Then after like the 1970s, 1980s, it starts to spike and go up. To me, that means people ain't gave a damn about apologizing for a long time. And since people are finally getting called out on their crap, they're like, okay, maybe I got to apologize. <laughs> and to me, just the whole thought process of apologies, I, I can literally root it from this graph in terms of what we think of apologies. We don't want to necessarily address it until the overall systemic issue has been caused i.e., you know, slavery, civil rights movement, you know, Donald Trump. I can say that now because <laughs> that man's not a, even categorized as a U.S. president anymore. Um, so, you know, you, you have all that, right? So now we start getting into the juicy stuff. Um, when should you or shouldn't you apologize? Or well, here's the thing. Here's, here's my uh, hat, uh, rabbit out of the hat. <laughs> Based on a book called The Five Languages of Apology by Dr. Gary Chapman, the famous guy of the five love languages, uh, and Dr. Jennifer Thomas, there are five languages to apologize. That's why I said my uh, definition was going to be a little complex because each person's going to want to hear an apology differently. Mm. <laughs> so the when really depends if, if you can articulate the apology in the way they need to hear it or want to hear it. Mm. <laughs> I need this book because I, be get, I, still, I get it wrong in my 30s and I'm like, bruh, <laughs> I said I was sorry. <laughs> I brought the information in, so no worries. I, I will dish it out uh, as, as time allows us. So if you say, when is the time to apologize? I mean, it really depends on, is the other person, first of all, ready to listen? Mm. And that's sometimes hard because we want to force the other person into, hey, 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 I'm ready. I'm ready to apologize. Let's go. Are you? Mm-hmm. Sit down or stand up or listen. <laughs> 
I'm ready to admit I was wrong. I'm ready to face the, you know, the facts and, and tell you that I'm sorry and I won't do it again. And, and we're waiting for a yes, an automatic yes. But the reality of that person always has three choices. Yes, no, or I'm not ready. Mm. <laughs> Come back another time. Mm. <laughs> mm. So how do you determine what that language is? Like, can you kind of explain sure can. what these languages of apologies are? Because I never knew about this until hey. I was today years old. So that's, that's what you brought me in here for. <laughs> 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 well, um, let me answer the previous question first and really jump into this one. So when are you ready to apologize? I think when you're ready to accept the consequences of what the other person is going to tell you. It kind of seems vague, but if I'm ready to hear that yes or that no or that maybe, because I don't want to keep hurting the other person by just showing up and saying, you know, a couple of words to get that this conversation over with, I need to be able to want to restore our relationship, uh, to hear some truths about how I hurt that person if necessary. I need to be willing to say, well, I guess there's some changes that need to happen. It can't just be this, these words, like when little kids push each other, no, apologize, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> what we learn is, oh, I can push them. And then I say, I'm sorry, and everything's good. Uh -huh. That works in first grade, not high school, <laughs> not in your 20s, 30s, <laughs> 80s. Uh -huh. So if I'm going to apologize, I got to be ready for what could come next. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the first step, though. Like, that's when you should probably apologize for yourself, like, mm -hmm. at least myself. Mm -hmm. And knowing your person, your you know, the apology person. Yeah. Apologize there. Yeah. and apologize there, right? Yeah. So, I mean, when, when you're ready to, you know, you got you to gotta know that person. I think that depending on who that person is may make you uh -huh. feel like they going to kill me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Depending on the offense, right? Yeah, this is not a good time to show my face because we, we got to know our partner. Like, mm-mm-mm. Mm -mm. it's not oh, gonna cool. turn out well <laughs> give them a half hour so mm, three days <laughs> yeah three days so <laughs> we we can go into the uh the five languages of apology but here are three or four questions we need to um ask ourselves to know um the person that we're seeking their apology to know their language all right so how do we know what they want need to hear if I'm ready to do the work, how do I know what type of work I need to do? That first question, again, this is Dr. Gary Chapman and Jennifer Thomas. Describe an apology of someone, then ask him or her to comment on what lacks in the apology. Mm. So describe an apology of someone, then ask him or her to comment on what lacks in the apology. They start telling you, mm, that didn't seem sincere, or you need to tell me the five ways you're going to change, or you need to tell me uh, that you won't do it again, or how you hurt me. It's all going to depend on what that person tells you right there. If they tell you. If they tell you. If they don't tell you, they're not being mature enough, though. Mm. 
maybe they're not ready to forgive. So one reason could be maybe they're not mature and they want to hold that against you. Now is a power struggle like, mm-hmm, I'm going to count this against you every time I want. <laughs> That's not, it's not mature. We've come so far. Ooh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> not mature. Or they're not ready. And I can work with they're not ready. Right. Everybody needs their time. Mm. So, so it's definitely doing a pulse check. Mm-hmm. Number two would be ask what hurts most about the things you did. You know, as long as we're humans, we're going to mess up with everyone in our lives. <laughs> so we're going to get a chance <laughs> to ask them. So what hurt, hurt you the most about what I did? And they might say, you already know. But it's important for us to say, I, yeah, but you know what? This time I'm really trying to change. So I need to know. I'm actually opening up my heart for your feedback. Before I would just blow it off. I'm like, they're wrong. They should apologize. But now I'm really going, wait, I, I, I'm willing to change. I need your feedback. Mm. Man, listen. Hope you're writing. Hope you're writing. <laughs> there you go there you go (laughs) the first one was describing an apology of someone and then ask him or her to comment on what lacks in the apology and two ask what hurts most about the things you did so number three would be ask what he or she considers the most important part of an apology Ask what he or she considers the most important part of an apology. Because it's like we, like the love languages, you know, if my thing is gifts and you give me hugs and kisses, yeah, that's nice. I like it. Ooh, cool. Um, you, you clean out the, the car. Awesome. Yay, yay. But you show up with my favorite candy. Uh, you know, you show up with a, that video game I like. Hey, <laughs> you show up and... Uh, <laughs> Or that jerk chicken that Jarrell owes <laughs> many people. I hope y'all are counting. It's always a minimum how many times. I'm sorry, go ahead. Then, then that, that speaks a bigger volume. And so apology does the same thing. And we're going to go into what mm-hmm. those five key phrases are. And then fourth, what do I need to do or say to be forgiven? Because for some people, this is the 10th time they've done the same thing, right? Uh, for some, it's the second or the first in the relationship. So, so sometimes what happened and the amount of it happening and whether we had a conversation about it or not, it's going to determine uh, what I need to do or say to be forgiven. Do I need to uh, block someone's number? <laughs> do I need someone's company to a specific party? Uh, do I, do I need to stand up for my partner? Cause that sometimes that's a thing. They feel like we're not standing up for them. We're just letting everybody just do whatever they want with them. So it really depends. And your partner's going to be able to tell you. <laughs> so far so good. Listen, I am all ears. <laughs> oh, I know what I'm going to ask you, man. All right, so I was hey, good, throw, good night. Good night. Cool. I mean, throw in some questions because 
I, I feel like examples help drive these points. So what we'll do is talk about all five and then we'll go through the questions again in case people are writing and you guys will, will throw some examples in there. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I immediately thought about is, and it's funny because my phone rang and it was, it was one of my nephews. <laughs> nice. My nephew's about 10 years old now. Um, he'll be 11 this year. And for a period of time, he used to stay with me. And I remember it was, I told this story before, it's one of my favorite watches I got from um, Montego Bay, Jamaica. And um, I, you know, just me and my wife, so typically, you know, we were still all over the house, whatever. And I left my watch on the table. And while he was living with us, you know, he found it, picked it up. I noticed, I'm like, hey, what you doing? You know, I, I was just looking at it, you know, it's really nice. I just wanted to play with him. Like, no, see, see, hmm. see. That's not something you play with. No. So, you know, left it there on the table like an idiot again. And <laughs> <laughs> the next day I was looking for my watch, I was getting ready for work. I was looking for my watch, I found it on the table. And it's that, you know, that one little knob that you turn, it was protruding out like it had left and went to the store and couldn't find the, the door, you know what I'm saying, to get back in. And I'm looking, I'm just like, uh, you can touch my watch. He broke my watch. $200 watch. My watch. So I'm like, okay, I can either lash this guy and rip him a new one. I could try to make him apologize and that make me feel better. It's like, I want him to truly understand. It's something I always practice with him in general. Just because you apologize doesn't mean I want, I need to accept your apology. And mm -hmm. I think that was probably, and that's something I actually learned that I had to get learned on me. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and it made more sense because it was like, if you were truly apologetic the first time when this happened, you wouldn't have done it again. And I learned from that and uh, learned to apply that. And I had to practice it on my nephew. He was, and it hurt. It hurt me more than I think it hurt him. You know what I'm saying? Cause that's my little dude, but wow. you know, I'll, so I didn't like scar him or anything. I was just simply asking, I'm like, hey, can you pass me a watch? Knowing what happens, <laughs> can you go grab my watch? He went to grab my watch. He brought it upstairs to me. I'm in the, you know, I'm finishing brushing my teeth, you know, getting my hair and stuff together. I got hair now. And um, he's like, you know, you mean this watch, the blue watch with the thing you told me not to touch? I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to do it. I'm so sorry. I don't want to get in trouble. Please don't tell my mama. I was like, well, I'm glad you told me. And it's not that I don't forgive you. I'm just disappointed in you because at the end of the day, I had to basically drag this apology out of you or this admittance mm. out of you. And uh, I think he literally cried. <laughs> but we had a conversation. We had a legit conversation about it. And I explained to them why. Not only why was I upset with them mm -hmm. and the reason I'm going to forgive you it wasn't that, you know, I'm over the fact that you broke one of my new favorite watches. It's a solar <laughs> watch from Jamaica. <laughs> and I just can't go pull up to Jamaica and be like, hey, so I broke it. Can I get a new one? <laughs> oh, it's $200 down the drain. Yeah. But I was just like, in this life, you know, there's certain things that, you know, and I, I, I literally had to explain it to him. So I'm like, 
I know that if I can't afford to literally replace something, I probably shouldn't mess with it. Mm. And you're going to get to a point in your life, hopefully, where even though you may be able to afford that thing twice, you're still not going to mess with something because of what it means to somebody else. But let's start with the bare minimum. If you can't afford to replace it, don't touch it. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Now, I forgive you because you didn't know what you were doing, but that's the reason why you shouldn't mess with the stuff. Mm. But I'm going to forgive you because we're family. You're my nephew, and that's what I do because I love you. But I honestly, I just want you to know, you know, this is why I was upset at the moment when I saw this. So after we had that dialogue, we had that discussion, Mm -hmm. it was just like, I think he had more of an understanding from me. So now the point he literally calls me on my cell phone, which is weird, because this little 10-year-old kid has a cell phone. (laughs) And he'll literally like duo call me and be like, hey, uncle, uh, I know this is your number. I'm like, you called this number a thousand times already, Kate. You know this is my number. Stop apologizing for calling me. It's cool. But, um, you know... (laughs) Should he have apologized when he brought me my watch? I think it was the right thing to do, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, he could have lied and been like, mm. oh, I didn't, oh, damn. Yo, yo, watch bro, damn, that's crazy, bro, that's crazy. Yeah. So mm. I just appreciated that part. So um, yeah. to your point, you mentioned, you know, what is missing? I think he just hit it on all things. You know, he's like, I know, I, I know you told me not to touch it, and a third, I was too curious and what's happened. And you know, and I this is the one part that I was missing was what, what hurts the most about what you did. Mm. And without knowing any of this, yeah, it's just funny how I guess I've kind of grown over time to be like, okay, that's I get it. You make sense. You, I get yeah. I guess you're credible, Nate. Okay. I guess you're credible. <laughs> I don't want to blow your head up, but I guess you're credible, man. Nice. You know, that brings a good parenting point there. And, you know, in that point, you were parenting because you were parenting your nephew. Often parents want to um, wait and see if their kids are going to own up to it. But in some ways, that could be deceiving. Because you're, you're giving your child an opportunity to lie when you should just cut to it, cut to the chase and say, hey, I found this here. What happened? Mm-hmm. So, so, so instead of setting it up like, oh, let me see how honest they're going to be. Lying is one of the first things we do when we don't want to get in trouble and we want to avoid responsibilities. It's a natural human thing. That's it. You, don't, you don't have to be malicious. You just do it. Because sometimes the consequence <laughs> could be so big. You're like, it's the consequence that I don't want. But it's important to just straight up say, hey, uh, I noticed this watch is broken. It wasn't me or my wife. Hmm. You're the third person here. What happened? Hmm. <laughs> Who did that? <laughs> Who did it? Um. <laughs> But, and and apologizing means it doesn't necessarily uh, undo the consequences. There's still going to be consequences. You you cheated on your partner and didn't use protection, had sex, and whoop, 
there's a baby. You can apologize all you want. That baby ain't going away. That is, that conversation escalated way too fast. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but that is a real life consequence. It's something it's, you cannot like. You yeah. can't just be like, okay, let me just wipe this smudge off the wall. <laughs> it's just like, not no, gonna work. Bro, you, 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 yeah. I borrowed the company car without permission. Brought it back. You know, I, I was in a fender bender. You can apologize all you want. But uh, they might take that off your check, or that might be your last check. <laughs> There's still consequences. So I think this man's been stalking me because that happened oh. before. <laughs> oh. But anyway, we don't get into that. Okay, okay. So you used uh, right there, based on the way you were asking him for a po- an apology, is uh, one called genuinely repenting. So where we want to hear that the person has a, a desire to change and they're uh, specifically, we want them to take responsibility for their wrong action, you know, and we want them to create a plan for in the future, not doing that again. And then we want the person to act on that plan, to be intentional about the plan. So, ooh, um, here, here, this would be, a good example from, again, from this book. Uh, for the, um, in some people's eyes, if your apology does not include a desire to change your behavior, you have not truly apologized. Whatever else you say, they do not see it as being sincere. In hmm. their minds, if you are really apologizing, you will seek to change your behavior. Hmm. So, it would be an example would be uh, a husband's uh, about to pop off and go off on his wife. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go and, and takes a walk, comes back after a half hour and says, hey, I never want to get to the point where I'm this mad at you that I feel like just hurting you or just even walking away. Mm. So I'm going to work on really listening and really understanding your point and really calming down so that I don't lose my temper, lose my anger with you again. And I would really help if you help me achieve this. Mm. See, that's a lot more than I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry just means you're that. You are sorry. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah, because saying I'm sorry is more about you. But when you apologize, it's also about acknowledging what's happening to the other person. Mm. Big difference, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Got myself out of this. The apology acknowledges, whoa, I could see something happen between you and I. There's this block, there's barrier, there's wall, and I see how it's affecting you. I want to do something about that. So would you say that, I guess the proper way to sum that up is, sorry is more about me and apologize is more about you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And who did we wrong, them or ourselves? That's it. Mm. Mm. And this, these things are tough because I, I know I grew up with the father who didn't apologize. You know? Nope, straight, straight up, nope. I, I don't think... I think the first time I heard my dad say he was sorry, I was in my mid-20s. I'm glad he said it. 
and now they're still like they come far just here and there and i this is something i had to learn <laughs> which is i'm i'm just thankful that i had a, another uh and my dad is an awesome man but i had other great men in my life who taught me the importance of apologizing and a mom who's like this is how you treat women <laughs> women That's really it. need to hear this <laughs> so it's it's a, a real struggle we all have mm. Child. Hmm. Hmm. Who wants to hear more? There's, there's four more, four more. <laughs> That's all, just four more? <laughs> so there's- yeah, I, I think it's important for the people at home that just want to know about these type of languages. And obviously we probably won't get into all of them, but mm-hmm. um, we definitely will share the information about where to get this book um, in episode notes. So yeah, we talked about genuinely repenting um, and that's helpful for family, friends, romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would use that in a working relationship, like far as career-wise, because I, I feel like that's nothing I could ever do at work to be like, I need to genuinely like apologize to you, et cetera. But um, it could be. I mean, it could definitely be applied in a career setting. Um, if it's the difference between you keeping your job, or not. Oh, I, got a, I got a mortgage. Okay. I need some coin. And if I get lose my job, oh boy. I you ever lost your job before? Like either I, lose your job or quit your job. I sure like, did lose the job like a month into it. Oh that's man. Another, that's another story. Oh man. We gotta take that off the air. <laughs> yes. That's gonna that's gonna trigger some F bombs. <laughs> Not that I ain't threw a couple on the show in, in the past, but we're gonna get away from that. I'm, be, I'm a better me. Um, so I guess one of the true questions I had is, um, we kind of talked about examples of what that looks like, but I guess in your profession, um, have you ever had a couple come to you that struggled with the art of apologies? Enough. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot. I mean, it, it's bound to happen. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Gottman, John Gottman, and his researchers found that out of 100% of problems in a relationship, 69 are perpetual, meaning you'll see them at the beginning, middle, and end of that relationship. They ain't going anywhere. <laughs> wow. Um, and so we got to learn how to have conversations about those problems. And when we don't, we hurt each other some, a lot of times on purpose because I'm so frustrated that you don't get my point and you don't let me convince you that I'm hurt you to finally get you to change. And but the apology doesn't uh, follow after that. It's all mm. I'm sorry. You made me. I wouldn't have said that if you hadn't told me this, you know, if you only you had listened. So I have to work a lot with that in couples. Yeah. Wow. And that could be a very, very macho thing. Like if you're not accustomed to doing it, um, you know, just even transparency intended. I mean, if you have been in any marriage or relationship, then you know, that you're going to argue about something, disagree on something, 
or you're going to do something that hurts your significant other. Mm-hmm. It's not intentional. It is not the ways of marriage. It's just the ways of life that you're mm-hmm. not going to be perfect. Something's going to happen. Yeah. And it's how do you apologize, work that out, and move on from that instance. So, I mean, we, I think we covered a lot in some of the components of what an apology mm-hmm. is. But one of the things that, and you said it earlier, one of the things that I think truly still exists in some level of toxicity in relationships is when you apologize, if you sincerely apologize, do you ever bring that thing up again to the intention to hurt them? Wow. And, you know, and you may know of some stories of some of your, you know, patients, things of that nature, of people that they've gotten past this thing, you thought they were doing really good with the progress. And then the guy comes like, hey man, she can't believe she brought that shit up again. She's just like, yeah. So I don't know if I to you about what did you do to contribute to it, or should I talk to her? That's like, yeah, I threw away the knife. You ain't gotta worry about that. Two hours later. Yeah. And it's mm. like, really? Like, I thought we was past that. Like, why? Yeah. Why did you bring that up? That's nothing but a weapon using against me now. Mm. And, um, you know, if you, and I think it's more transparency that if you truly, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Nate, but if you truly do say and mean that you apologize for something, um, you know, you put a game plan together, you execute that plan, which, how you're not going to do it again, then, you know, if you truly mean that you apologize, that thing should be ceremonially thrown into the ocean, mm. a big box with like cedar, like, like cedar bricks, mm. sink down to the bottom of the ocean and never come back again. Yeah. But you know, I, I guess that, I guess my true question is, when is, and this may be a, a very, very sharp turn, but when is apologies, like, when won't they work anymore? Mm. Because I think we have a lot of listeners even that yeah. may have apologized over and over again, but at the end of the day, the apologizing just isn't enough at the mm. end of the day. Yeah. It is loaded. It's a loaded question. And I'll I'll answer as best as I can. I feel like there's a short and simple way to answer. It and yeah. we, we never want to encourage people to break up these quote unquote happy homes. But there's comes a point. When it comes to your own mental stability, your own mental health, <laughs> hey, you got to know when, and we've done this a lot in the last, you know, in this decade, this generation, you see people split and divorce at a very alarming rate. Yeah. You'll know, we'll see a lot of friendships in. You see a lot of family relationships severed, you know, at a point in time. But when, and I guess in the short, simple version of this, <laughs> your most honest opinion, you can go as short as you want, long as you want. <laughs> When should, when is apologies is not going to work again? If it doesn't work again, how should you handle that? Wow. So I think the person who is hurt 
before they dish out that apology, needs to count the cost and, uh, and needs to really let the person who hurt them know how they were hurt. And so when they decide to forgive, are they forgiving pieces of this? Are they forgiving the whole thing? Mm. Are they doing a conditional forgiveness? Because that, if, if that person who was hurt is, feels like, yes, I can fully apologize for all of this, then it's a good time not to bring it up again. Mm. They've done that, that work, that good work. Mm-hmm. But a consequence could be that there's a lack of trust and we still got to build trust. So maybe I, I did forgive you, but trust is shattered. That's a different topic. I got, we got to build trust again. How do we build trust? Honesty. And the person who hurt giving uh, forth examples and information without being asked, waiting to be asked, like I need to share it. Like, hey, I almost went by the casino again. Like, I just, I just had to, but I didn't. You know, sharing those things that show the person who was previously hurt that you are changing. You know, giving that reassurance so that they can forgive. Um, but there comes a point where an apology isn't enough because there's no action plan. There's no in, intention to change. Or that action plan is when you think of action, you think of, I think of goals, you think of smart goals, Mm -hmm. but you start to see that some of those actions aren't attainable Mm. and you may have to revisit that plan. Probably. So, yeah. I mean, some people say, for example, oh, I'm working on trust. How? I'm working on it. No, something smart, like you said, something that we can measure, something specific. Uh, and so not creating a plan to restore and move forward can definitely leave people um, to revert back to what they knew, the offense. And as humans, we want to replace behavior. We don't just want to end one. Now what do I start? So I hurt you this way. Now how do I help you heal? Mm. Not just help you heal because healing is, is ultimately the individual job i don't i'm not responsible for how the person hurt me but i'm responsible for what i do with that hurt Mm. and so um that's key that's that's very important there and Mm. (laughs) ladies and gentlemen i hope you've learned something today because i know i've been taking notes and those that know me know I hate taking notes. So if I take notes, must be legit. Ah uh, man, Nate, brother, we we could probably go on the next like five hours. Sure um, can. And I'm pretty sure we'll figure out how to do that later. <laughs> but um, there may be some people at home that are looking to speak with somebody about like you know family building, relationships, things of that nature. And you know, I think you'd be a great candidate to help me out personally if I ever yeah, need that. Thanks. But for the people that don't know how to reach you, how can people reach you? Definitely. So you can go to our website. Um, it's Counseling and Resource Center. Um, so I, I'm under a group of colleagues uh, for a company called Counseling and Resource Center of Dearborn. So if you go to counselingandresourcecenter.com and you go to therapist, you'll see me there. Uh, um, or you can email me at Nate. N-A-T-E at 
crcdd.com. Or you can call me at 313-279-8034. Amen. Well, brother, again, we appreciate you. We love you, man. And I am very glad that we got to meet electronically and even face-to-face here. Um, we'll definitely make sure that your information is in the episode notes as well. Um, nice. And with that, we will conclude this episode of the Mental Matters Podcast. Um, just with a couple of notes, at least I have something. Um, there's nothing wrong with apologizing. There's nothing that makes you weak by apologizing. At the end of the day, we all did something wrong. And you have to be willing to face that. In fact, if you truly want to look at manning up property, which is one of the main goals of our show, is to make sure that men know how to properly man up you know, for the culture. One of those is to realize that your greatest strength is not going to come from how built you are. It's going to come from your mental health. It's going to come from knowing when to apologize and sticking to what you apologize for, that action plan. So I hope that you all take something away from this episode. You can listen as many times if you want. Um, if any previous content, um, be sure to check out the website at www.mentalmatterspod.com. We are available on most streaming apps such as SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts. I think Google Podcasts has a thing. They changed it. I know they did. And we're on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yes, we use Twitter. Twitter coming back. I'm telling y'all. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah. So with that being said, uh, you got Jarrell, you got anything before we hit these streets, man? I just want to ask Nate, what's the name of that book again for everyone? Yes, The Five Languages of Apology. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. There's just a delay. But the five languages of apology. <laughs> you gotta stop being in the basement, man. <laughs> yes. By Dr. Gary Chapman and Dr. <laughs> Jennifer Thomas. Okay. Cool. So we will definitely again put all that information in the episode notes. Um, with that and other cool things from the Mental Matters podcast, again, your favorite co host signing off. Oh, and me too. There's Jarrell down below. All right. Love y'all. Stay up. Peace. <laughs>